If we claim to be followers of Jesus, our lives are going to show it by how we interact with His Word. Trent Griffith explains. What is your relationship to this book? Are you listening to the Word of God? A true disciple opens his Bible, puts his face in the middle of this. He reads it. He studies it. He meditates on it. He memorizes it. Are you listening to the Word of God? God has spoken, and a true disciple hungers for the Word of God. Not only does he listen to the Word of God, he learns from the Word of God. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Well, have you noticed? Sometimes we feel a cultural pressure to be completely independent to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, to forge our own trail, to be who we are, not who others want us to be. Now, in certain contexts, that kind of confidence and heroic thinking is a good thing. But when it comes to our spiritual lives, we actually need to be copying someone. That's something that Pastor Trent will be talking about today. He's in a series from the Gospel of Luke, a series titled, All Things New. So let's listen together. Here's Trent Griffith speaking recently at Gospel City Church. Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter five. It is great to be with you this morning in church once again. And um, you know, as our church has grown, it has produced a challenge for your pastors, okay? I just want you to feel my pain a little bit here because here's the thing that happens. I know so many of your faces and honestly, I know so few of your names. Your names have overwhelmed the capacity of the memory slots in my brain to put the faces with the names. And so, do you know what my favorite piece of church equipment is around here? The name tag. The name tag is a very important piece of equipment for the pastor because it gives me uh, just a little bit of help in putting a face with the name. So here's my question. I've been thinking about this. What name would you put on the name tag if you were trying to identify yourself as a follower of Jesus? Okay, so like what's the one word name that you just slap it on there and that's that's who we are. There's a lot of different um, candidates for that name. I mean, we could call ourselves Christian. That, that's not a bad name. But did you know that the name Christian is only used three different times in the Bible? Two of them are derogatory. And uh, it's not a bad name. It means little, little Christ or we're trying to imitate Christ. It's a good name. Um, It doesn't really help clarify us really all that much. Um, Jimmy Carter came along a few years ago and he he wanted to identify himself as a born again Christian. I guess that was to distinguish himself from the non-born again Christians which is not a thing. You understand that? Okay, so it's like that that doesn't really help too much. Um, you know, uh, CNN, uh, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, they would be interested in knowing you as an evangelical. Okay, not a bad word, but it's really being used more as a voting block now. And so I don't even know if that's the best word to put on your name tag. Um, The people that are kind of outsiders, they don't really know what goes on in here and they're afraid to step in here. They would just probably put the name on you. You're the religious people. You're the religious. And so maybe that's the name. That's not a great name either because Jesus was not a big fan of religion. Um, He he just kind of put that in the category of man-made formulas trying to climb their, their way to God. That's not a great name. So what's the name we would use on the name tag? 
I think this is the best name for a follower of Jesus. Are you ready? Here it is. Follower of Jesus. (laughs) Christ follower. We are followers. Now, who were the ones in the scriptures that were known as the followers of Jesus? There is another name. Do you know what it is? Starts with a D. Disciple. So maybe disciple is the right name. So my question for you is this. You've gathered yourselves in the congregation, the gathering, the weekly gathering of Gospel City Church. My question to you is this. Are you a disciple? How would you know if you are a disciple? Well, this gives us a clue. The question I'm asking you is, are you a follower of Jesus? What evidence would you present to me to say this past week I took steps behind Jesus? I walked where Jesus was walking. I was going in the direction Jesus went. Could you offer evidence? Would you accurately be able to wear the name tag disciple? That's the question we're going to try to answer here. So in order to do that, we need to see the characteristics of a disciple. We're going to see that here in Luke chapter 5. We're going to get introduced to the very first disciple of Jesus. And so let's begin reading here. Luke 5 beginning in verse 1. On one occasion while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he, Jesus, was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, that's another name for the Sea of Galilee. Same body of water we talked about last week. The Sea of Galilee, major feature there in the northern region of Israel. This is where Jesus was was roaming and teaching in the synagogues there. And at one particular point, the crowds pressed in on him. And notice what happened in verse 2. He saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats uninvited, by the way. That's great. That's awesome. Which was Simon's. By the way, Simon, um, he had two names in the scripture. We also know him as Peter. Jesus is going to change his name later. So if you see Simon, Peter, or even Luke uses both names in just a minute together, Simon, Peter, two names, one guy, same guy. So he gets into Simon's boat and he asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Can you see the picture? I mean, the crowds are pressing in on Jesus and they're like backing him into the water and maybe he's like standing in ankle deep or knee deep in the water and he sees a boat. He's like, I think I better go get in a boat or they're going to drown me. So he gets in the boat, the boat backs up a little bit and now he's got a perfect amphitheater to teach them. And interestingly, it says he sat down. In the first century, if you taught the Bible, you were expected to sit down. It's a little different today, right? You kind of expect a guy teaching the Bible to stand up. I got a lot of energies. Like I have trouble sitting down when I'm teaching the Bible and um, Jesus is a little more self-disciplined than I am, I guess. And so he sat down in the boat and in verse four, it says, and he, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep. Everybody underlined the word deep in verse four. It's going to be a critical component of a quality disciple of Jesus. Put out into the deep. And now he's says, let down your nets for the catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have 
toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and the nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for now on you will be catching men. The term men there is generic for both genders, mankind, men and women. Verse 11, And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. The word disciple is not used in the story, and yet we know these guys as disciples because of what they did when they encountered Jesus. They began to follow him. Now, I know many of you here, um, you've been attending Gospel City Church for many years, and you realize why this place exists. You understand what we are doing right now. You understand that every calorie we burn around here is for one single and solitary purpose. If you are new to Gospel City Church, you need to understand even though we have a new name, we have not changed the reason we exist. It can be summed up in four words. We glorify God by making disciples. That was five words because I put the preposition in there. But glorify God by making what? Disciples. Do you know what that means? Here, here, here it is. If you are not interested in being a disciple, you are in the wrong church. If you are not interested in making disciples, you are in the wrong church. We're going to make you feel uncomfortable around here if you are not interested in following Jesus, if you're not interested in taking your next step toward Jesus, if you are not interested in turning your back on anything else you're following and following Jesus, we're going to make you feel really uncomfortable around here. If you're not interested in helping others follow Jesus, this is not the right church for you. You need to find another church. By the way, if you're not interested in being a disciple, don't go to Trinity Evangelical Free Church either because they're making disciples there too. I was there yesterday for a wedding, right on the wall, plastered right on the wall. Everyone a disciple, everyone making disciples. So don't go there. You'll have to find another church that's not making disciples and you'll feel really at home in that church. This is what we call church growth around here at Gospel City Church. Um, now, I'm not trying to run you off. I am inviting you into the world of disciple making and discipleship. You see, we take this word, it's a noun, but we turn it into all kinds of things. Discipling is a verb. Discipleship, it's a process. It's the only reason we do what we do around here. So we need to clarify what a disciple is. And the simplest way to put it is this. Disciple, 
follower of Jesus. If we want to expand on that a little bit, let's use this definition. Disciples are those who have heard the gospel, turned from their sinful condition, trusted Christ as Savior, and are continually being transformed as they follow him, making disciples of others. Based on that definition, are you a disciple? Could you honestly wear that name tag this morning and say, that's me. Hello, my name is Disciple. I am following Jesus. What that means is this. Discipleship doesn't begin with your initiative. Discipleship begins with Jesus calling you to follow him as he did with Peter. If you heard Jesus, maybe even right now in this service, you are hearing the voice of Jesus saying, you know what, you need to get moving. Where you're at, it's not enough. You need to take a step. You need to take a step toward me. Now, some of you have never taken your first step. You've never heard Jesus calling you. And my prayer is this morning, you're going to hear Jesus saying, follow me, follow me. And you in obedience to that command will take your first step toward Jesus and qualify as a disciple. There are no Christians who are not also disciples. Christians follow Jesus. Those who are born again follow Jesus. Real evangelicals follow Jesus. They are disciples. And so they've heard the voice of Jesus. And secondly, they've turned from their sinful condition. The reality is this. Everybody is following someone or something. You say, I'm not, I'm not a follower. I'm a leader. I'm a much better leader than I am a follower. If you knew anything about leadership, you would know that the best leaders are the best followers. And so the reality is we're all following something. It's like, not me. Show me your social media accounts and let me see how many people you are following. We all want to be influenced by others. And so whether it's a, a celebrity or an artist or a politician or a preacher or, or an author, we, we all are being influenced by others. You know what? Jesus is not interested in being one of the people you follow. He demands you to turn your back on every other voice and follow him. And unless you do that, you cannot be a Christ follower. We've turned from our sinful condition. We've trusted Christ as Savior. And then we are being continually transformed as we follow him, making disciples of others. It's not just about this one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus. We are now following him on the mission that he is involved in in the world. Are you a disciple? Well, we need to see what a disciple does, how a disciple responds. And so we're going to see these four things from the life of the very first disciple, Simon, here in this passage. So here's point number one. Disciples hunger for the word of God. Luke is very specific about what the ministry of Jesus was. And even though he records over and over these miracles that he does, healing the sick and, and feeding the hungry and and casting out demons, he's very specific that he came for the purpose 
of preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And it says here in verse 1, these people pressed in upon him, Jesus, because they wanted to hear the word of God. Jesus was speaking the word of God. Disciples are hungry for the word of God. This is great news for people that populate planet Earth. You know why? We don't have to imagine what God is like. We don't have to make up a view of God. We have a God who has spoken to us. He's learned our language. He has He has humbled himself to speak to us, to tell us his will and his ways. And Jesus was preaching the word of God as he spoke, God spoke. Jesus was speaking as God, the word of God, and people hungered to hear it. Let me ask you, what is your relationship with the word of God. We don't live during the three-year ministry that Jesus was physically, audibly teaching the word of God. Um, They had no digital recordings, and so we can't turn on YouTube and hear the message. We have to rely upon the written word of God and the messengers like Luke that accurately recorded the word of God. What is your relationship to this book? Are you listening to the word of God? A true disciple opens his Bible, puts his face in the middle of this. He reads it. He studies it. He meditates on it. He memorizes it. Are you listening to the word of God? Let me ask you this. Press in a little more. When was the last time you opened your Bible? If the last time you opened your Bible was last Sunday when Pastor Trent said, open your Bible... I have every right to challenge you as to whether or not you're a disciple of Jesus. What is your relationship to this word of God? God has spoken, and a true disciple hungers for the word of God. Not only does he listen to the word of God, he learns from the word of God. Notice what Jesus said uh, down here in, in verse 3. It says, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Do you understand that following Jesus is a learned behavior? Disciples must be taught. We are not born with the ability to follow Jesus. We have to be taught by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, leading us to take steps in the direction Jesus is moving. It's a learned behavior. And so we listen to the word of God. We learn from the word of God. And then we are transformed and renewed by the word of God. It's not just about collecting information. It's about that information producing transformation as we obey it. Every time I open the Bible, I'm encouraged. I'm warned. I'm steered. I'm rebuked. I'm sharpened. I'm shaped. Disciples view the world around them through the lens of the Word of God. We watch the news through the lens of the Word of God. 
And when we see a mass shooting or we find out about a conflict in the Middle East or, or anything else that puts itself in front of us on the headlines, we view all of that through the Word of God. Disciples hunger for the Word of God. Secondly, disciples trust Jesus' absolute control. The story picks up now in verse 4, and it says, And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for the catch. Now, Simon was a professional fisherman. Is there anybody else in here that would identify yourself as a fisherman? Raise your hand if you would say, I am a fisherman. We have one fisherman down here. We have two, um, three. I I am the furthest thing from a fisherman. I, I call myself fish repellent. I have gone in boats with real fishermen, and even the real fishermen can't catch anything when I'm in the boat for some reason. I'm, I'm fish repellent. Now, he, here is Simon. He has learned to catch fish. His livelihood is dependent upon his ability to get a fish out of the water and into the boat and then to sell said fish for money. He's not catching fish because he wants to eat them. He's catching fish because he wants to sell them so he can make money. That's his livelihood. And so here comes Jesus. This professional fisherman has been an absolute loser the night before at his profession. No fish. Jesus shows up and begins to give him advice on his fishing technique. Jesus is not a professional fisherman. Jesus is a woodworker. Maybe he built the boat, but he doesn't know how to catch fish. Unless, of course, you actually created the fish. And you have absolute control over the fish. Now, Jesus could have commanded the fish to come to Peter. Jesus could have had the fish jump out of the water into Peter's boat. That's not what he does. He tells Peter to move. He tells him to move to a deeper place. It's a characteristic of a true disciple. He's always moving to a deeper place with Jesus. At the direction of Jesus. Now, this is really cool for me because seriously, two weeks ago, I was on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. Okay? It's not a huge lake. It's about 13 miles by 9 miles. You can actually see from end to end. It's not huge. And apparently when he meets Simon, Simon's at a shallow place, and he tells him to launch out into the deep. Now, what you have to know about the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee is the lowest freshwater lake in the entire world. It actually sits 685 feet below sea level. And at its deepest point, it's about 140 feet deep. And Jesus says, that's where you're going to have to go if you want to see anything miraculous happen in your life. It's a great illustration for so many people in this room. If the truth was known, you are content swimming in the shallow places of casual, safe Christianity. 
and you're wondering why God seems so far off. Why don't I ever see anything miraculous happen? If you want to see something miraculous happen, you got to move from the shallow end of the pool and go deeper. Some of you have walked with Jesus for 30 years. Guess what? Today, Jesus is calling you to go deeper. No matter how deep you have gone, there is always a call from Jesus to go to a deeper place in your walk with him. And so notice what Peter says in response to Jesus. Verse 5, and Simon answered, Master, we've toiled all night. We took nothing but at your word. I will. That is the language of a true disciple. Some of you are here this morning, and honestly, you'd say, Trent, I am absolutely exhausted. I have been walking with Jesus for so long. Why can I just get a little rest? Maybe I can sleep in on Sunday morning. I'm just so, I've been serving so long, and I'm so worn out, I'm exhausted. But you know what a true disciple says? At your word. I will scrape myself off my bed. I will get to the gathering place where Jesus is worshiped because I don't want to miss anything or any place he wants to take me deeper. Some of you are absolutely financially an embarrassment. You're broke. You say, Trent, I can't follow Jesus. I got no resources. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I'm overspent. There's not room in the budget. I don't know how we're going to make ends meet financially. You know what a true disciple says? At your word, I will give sacrificially. At your word, I will write a check and transfer what God has given me so that I can be involved in what God is doing in the world, making disciples. Not because I can figure it out, not because it makes any sense. I've tried to make it make sense on paper. I can't. But at your word, I will obey and go deeper in my giving. Some of you would say, I'm hurt. I've been abused, I've been a victim, I've been mistreated, I've been neglected, I've been wounded. But a true disciple says, at your word, even though it doesn't make any sense, I will forgive, I will love, I will engage people, and I will allow Jesus to be my protector. Some of you would say, I am done with my marriage. I've lost all my feelings. I don't see any hope that it's ever gonna change. But at your word, I will serve, I will honor, I will mirror the glory of God. I will forgive as one who has been greatly forgiven and greatly loved by God. I will bend the blessing of my love relationship with Jesus out to the one that I promised to spend the rest of my life with. At your word. We've been listening to Pastor Trent Griffith, and he'll finish this message next week right here on Resonate. Well, do you have some new things to think about when it comes to this concept of discipleship? I know it's been helpful for me to hear this again and to be reminded of the importance of listening to and following Jesus. Well, if you're not consistently reading the Bible, now is a great time to start, and that's something important to do as a disciple of Jesus. And as you do, remember that you're not just checking something off your list. You're actually listening to the very God that you want to know and love better.
Well, here's an invitation for you. Come visit Gospel City Church. We meet in both Granger, Indiana, and we also have a campus in Elkhart County. For more information about service times and locations, just go to our website, mygospelcity.org. Again, that's mygospelcity.org. Well, if your idea of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus was expanded today, you'll want to join us next week on Resonate. Pastor Trent will continue stretching our thinking on how we can better follow Jesus. I hope you'll join us for that. Thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and it's my prayer that God's Word would resonate in your heart this week as you follow Jesus more closely. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a ministry of Gospel City Church. Visit us online at mygospelcity.org.